Okay, Ziggler fans, you've heard many people tout the keys to success, the secrets to success. And while you may find many overlapping strategies, you'll also find a ridiculous amount of soapboxes and strategies that don't fit you. And today's show, number 430, Zig brings us 15 qualities of success. You want more success in your life? Start emulating these qualities. Here we go. what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. You can change what you are. You can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. You cannot become what you need to be by remaining what you are. If you can't take a huge step to begin with, take as big a step as you can, but take it now. That's the key. Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today's a brand new day, and it's yours. Hey, everyone. I'm your host of The Ziggler Show, Kevin Miller, and today we have episode 430 for you. Recently, we've had some folks ask about bringing them some of the best of shows episodes. So interestingly, the show from exactly one year ago was one of our more highly downloaded shows ever. When we have a show where we see the downloads spike, we know the reason is our normal audience downloaded and listened to it, but felt it was extra worthy and they passed it along to new listeners. So show uh, episode actually 340 and 342 had over 44,000 downloads, but show 341 over 56,000 downloads. Uh, it's a six-minute clip from Ziggler on stage, and then Tom Ziggler and I dig in and break it down. So if you're ready, I'm going to bring you some Zig right now. He starts off at about 100 miles an hour, levels off to maybe 70, uh, but you're going to be left at a higher speed by the time he's done. That is for sure. Here is Zig. Let me remind you again that as we talk along these lines that all of us still want the same thing. All of us want to be happy and healthy. We want to be secure, reasonably prosperous. We want to have friends and we want to have peace of mind. Let me remind you again that you are what you are and where you are because of what's gone into your mind. And you can change what you are and you can change where you are by changing what goes into your mind. But let me ask you the question. How many of you have ever wondered in your own mind if you really as an individual individual had what it takes to be successful. How many of you have ever held on a regular basis your own little personal pity party? Something that you had planned on happening didn't happen and you said, oh, poor little me. Nothing ever goes right for me. And then you would point out somebody else, well, I can see why that guy'd make it, why he's bright, he's articulate, he's well-educated, he's personable. I can see where this lady would make it, why she's a marvelous communicator, has a wonderful wonderful personality, loves people, gets along with everybody. I can see where she'd make it. I can see where he could make it, but poor little me. How many of you have ever in those moments wondered if you really had what it took to be successful? Can I see your hands, please? Okay. Those of you who did not raise your hands didn't understand the question. Either that or you are powerful tired. That's all I got to say about you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what is necessary for success? 
What does it take to be successful? Here's what I'd like to get you to do. I would like to get you to think of the most successful person you know. Could be a man, could be a woman. Could be your parents, could be a son or a daughter, a brother or a sister, a cousin, could be a neighbor. Could be a preacher, could be a plumber, could be a general in the army, could be an admiral in the navy, could be a salesperson, a business executive, a mother of the year, a school teacher, a professor, could be a politician. Think of the most successful person you know. And here's what really will make the cheese more binding. Think of somebody who, if you could not be you, you would say, I'd want to be her, or I'd want to be him. Now, don't eliminate a person just because they're rich. I know some very successful people who are rich. But don't include them just because they're rich because I know some very rich people whom I would not consider in the least bit successful. Classic example is Howard Hughes. I don't think anybody listening to this recording would have swapped places with Howard Hughes the last 20 years of his life. But now think of this individual and and let's see if we can find out what makes this person successful. What are the qualities which make them successful? I want you to call out to me the qualities and I'll write them down. What's one quality of this successful person? Call it out loud and I'll just write it down. Somebody who has a good positive mental attitude. I assume that that's what you're talking about, a good positive mental attitude, all right? Give me another one. Somebody who has great faith, all right? And I heard the word somebody who has desire, all right? Give me another one. Somebody who has enthusiasm. Okay, give me another one. Somebody who is a good listener and somebody who has a sense, a good sense of humor. What's another quality of the successful person? Somebody who has integrity and somebody who is consistent. Okay, give me another one. Somebody has a good self-image. Somebody who has love in their life. All right, give me another one. A loving individual, an honest individual. Somebody who is sincere. Somebody who is an encourager. And I believe I heard somebody say a moment ago is a hard worker. You know, a lot of people quit looking for work as soon as they find a job. And uh, that's not what we have in mind. Is it? Uh, somebody asked this fellow, how many people you got working for you? And he said about half of him. Okay, another quality, somebody who has compassion, okay. How many of you believe that your attitude's important? Can I see your hands? Okay, now, let me uh, see if we can do a little check in here. How many of you, when you were in school, had a course which specifically taught you how to develop these qualities that you've just identified as being present in the most successful people you know? I don't see any hands. Isn't that interesting? How many of you think maybe we just might be missing the boat in education? Can I see your hands? Okay. Now, with the exception of educators, everybody listening to this recording and everybody here tonight feels pretty good. Boy, I've found out what I need to succeed in life and I've found out what my problem is. It's those educators. It's those educators. They're not teaching us what we need to know. You wait till I get back. You wait till I get back home. And I'm going to be talking to them. That's what I'm going to be doing. But here's the basic problem, folks. When you got one finger pointed that away, you got exactly three times that many fingers pointed right back this way. 
Now, let me do a little survey and a little study. And those listening to the recording, you answer this question uh, to yourself as you ride along. In the states you live, how many hours a day do the kids go to school? Six, okay. How many days a year do they go to school? 180, okay. Now, that means the kids are in school 1,080 hours. Now, in your state, how many hours are there in a year? Is it the same as in my state? That's 8,760. So what that means is the kids are at home 7,680 hours and they're at school 1,080 hours a year. How many of you therefore believe that us parents should accept just a small amount of responsibility for teaching these qualities? How many of you think we'd have a better America if these qualities were taught at home and then reinforced in school? So Zig says we all want to be happy, healthy, secure, reasonably prosperous. We want to have friends, as you just mentioned a minute ago. We want peace of mind, good family relationships, and hope in the future. I mean, Tom, right there. Uh, I want to ask you of those six, and I'll and I'll share myself too. Where do you find? And I asked you this a second ago, but I'll, I'll ask it in. Where do you find your primary need amongst us? Uh, you know, I think my primary need is that hope in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that comes out of my faith. That comes out of my belief that there's something I can do today that'll make things better tomorrow. Um, that if I have a disappointment today, that's okay. You know, tomorrow is a new day. And my hope in the future really is supported by the foundational aspects of what I, you know, my health and my family. Mm -hmm. And so where I focus on first is those two things. Now, I've experienced good health my whole life. I've only had, you know, minor back issue every now and then. And boy, am I a crybaby when my back goes out. (laughs) Uh, You need both. (laughs) But man, nothing takes you down quicker than a back that doesn't let you do anything. Yeah. And so for those who are struggling with health, I'm sure that you're saying, man, my health is number one because, yeah. boy, does that dominate. And I know people who've struggled with health and they seem to live uh, fruitful, successful, prosperous lives. And you cannot imagine the, the admiration to have for people like that. Mm-hmm. So I think all of us deal with our own uh, you know, focus on what's most important to us. But, but for me, it's that hope in the future, which is supported by my, my family and, and my, my spiritual and, and my health. Yeah. Well, and gosh, I think that that's relevant folks to, to listen to those three or those eight, I think it's eight actually. Um, and look and see where are you most bolstered? Where do you have the most concern? And as I looked at that time, I was thinking, you know, the one that I probably have, the most issues with is peace of mind. And you know, right now I find myself with so many, so many good, I mean, honestly, great things, not just being Pollyanna or trying to be optimistic. It really is so much good, but there's too much of it and I've committed to too much. And so I'm spread thin one, but the thing that really uh, hampers my peace of mind is every day there's going to be some balls that drop and I have to figure out which ones. And that does not feel good, especially when it comes to letting people down. That, 
uh, my anxiety level goes up, which causes, honestly, it has physical manifestations, digestive issues that come from that. And, you know, it goes on there with ripple effects. And so that's peace of mind. So I have to, you know, turn to my father in heaven uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I told you a minute ago, I'm, I've got a, I'm going to do a getaway for a few days, just get a few days away from my, my big household just to get, yeah, like you said, get away and get some quiet time. You know, Kevin, we had uh, Brenda Smith on what, yeah. about three episodes ago. Mm-hmm. And here's a cool story. So right after that episode, uh, we're visiting in my office because she came into my office to do the recording. And she said, Tom, let me tell you something I've been studying. And I said, okay. And she said, you know, in in the scripture, it says that we are to cast all our burdens on him. So if you're a believer, uh, you know, and you have a Christian background, you understand that when we get burdens that weigh our heart down, uh, the scripture says we need to cast those onto God. And so, and then she said something I'd never thought about. She said, Tom, it's a sin not to cast those burdens on him. Mm-hmm. And so whether you're spiritual or not, this kind of, made me think, you know, I kind of did the head tilt thing and let me think about that. And I said, you know, I think you're right. And this is what she explained to me, which gave me a huge uh, sense of peace of mind and freedom. She said that God, you know, as believers, when somebody brings us a problem, when somebody brings us a burden, you know, our tendency, and if we're good people, it doesn't matter whether you're a believer or not. If you're a good person, your tendency is to want to help, Right. Somebody brings you part of their challenge, you want to help them. Now, the problem is, is that we each have our own gifts. We each have our own abilities, and and I believe the Creator has given us those. And so when we get in trouble is when we accept burdens that do not match up with the gifts and abilities that we have. Right? If somebody asks me to solve a problem for them as a good person, as a believer, you know, I want to help them all I can but yet I get really frustrated because I'm not equipped to do it. And so this was the analogy Brenda said. She said it's like we're a sponge and we're filled up with water. When we take all these burdens on, we got so much water on the sponge that all we do is leave a mess everywhere we go. That's good. Just just, just like a leaky sponge. Yeah. She said the best thing to do is to actually uh, look at that burden, think about it, pray about it, and if it's not – yours, right? If you're not gifted to handle that type of burden, you let it pass on through. It's like you're a pipe and you release it. You tell the person, Hey, I'd love to help you. You know, I'm going to send you in this direction or I wish I could help you, but it's just not me. And you let that burden go. And this is the cool thing that she said. When we hang on to burdens that aren't meant for us, we prevent the person for who it's meant from receiving it. That's great. And so a lot of times when the peace of mind thing comes, you know, whether we got Superman syndrome or, or whatever it is, we think we can handle everything. And the reality is, is the realm of all the possibilities of things we can handle, there's probably a small subset that we're really good at and gifted and qualified. That's where we need to s- spend our time. Yeah. And so it's very, very scriptural. It's, it's very much in alignment with how we were created to recognize that, take responsibility and ownership for those burdens and let the other ones go. And that, that's great. That's great counsel that I hope gives some people permission to, to do that. Man, I see that growing up in the church, you know, people who they ask for a volunteer for help somewhere and people raise their hand because they want to give, just like you said, and they end up giving in an area that's not their gifting and they stink at it and you end up with poor performance 
all around. But man, you covered a lot of stuff on there. I mean, casting your burdens on the Lord. It's a sin if you don't. That would be an Achilles heel of mine, Tom, is to hear, is to, to, to feel, see, and, and uh, reveal, you know, be revealed to a vision from the Lord that I, I believe is, is correct. And then I say, okay, I got it. I'm good. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you when I'm done. And that's, not, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there, there you get an insight into some of my own, own trials. Okay. I, I got this. Leave me alone. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you, there's an insight into my sin. Um, well, hey, in this clip, Zig recites one of his most common claims. Anybody who's listened to Zig for long or read him knows this one. He says, you, you're what you are and where you are because of what has gone into your mind. And then, of course, you can change what you are and where you are by changing what goes into your mind. I mean, this is a primary premise of Ziggler at large. But I want to take it captive. I mean, what is? So, folks, think about it. Think about it. If you got a minute, write it, write it down even. Here's a, an exercise. Essence. What is going into your minds on a daily basis? Because I think we can give, uh, you know, we can give lip service to that, nod our heads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what are we letting in? Think about radio. What are you listening to? TV. What are you watching? And then the myriad. I mean, take your pick of podcasts, videos, books, magazines, newspapers, bosses, managers, coworkers, employees, friends, family, self-talk. How much of it is edifying and what is dragging you down and hampering you that you don't really even question because it's just part of the norm of the culture. Uh, so it brought me, Tom, to Philippians 4.8. And I, I use the New King James Version, and, and it gives us this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And with you know, Zig's quote, we could then tack on. And, and if it's not those types of things, get rid of them. So, I mean, again, we're all caught up in the flow of the world. Nobody can live in a complete bubble, but to that degree, do we just give up and, and let anything in or do we try our best to shield ourselves? So I've Tom grown increasingly sensitive to what I allow in my body. I mean, it's part of my own maturity, what I allow in my body, not just from food, but you know, pollution to sounds to input, put relational input. So from your exposure, Tom, I mean, you've grown up uh, with so many amazing world leaders. And as you are a world leader yourself, do you see them just so strong? Because I think that this is relevant perception that people have, that they're just so innately strong and superhuman that they readily expose themselves to anything and everything, and they can just stay on top anyway. Or do you see them acting mortal and shielding themselves, making an effort to shield themselves from those negative influence? And, and I know I hedged that statement, but I think it's legitimate. So what's your experience? Well, I'll tell you this. Whenever you see a... Uh, top executive crater, you know, crash and burn mm-hmm. on a moral or ethical issue. Whenever you see a church leader crash and burn on a moral or ethical issue, whenever you see a politician crash and burn on a moral or ethical issue, uh, it usually boils down to one thing, and that is they don't have an accountability partner. In other words, they feel like they're invincible. Yeah, yeah. And what happens is life happens. Temptation comes. Kind of gray area decisions creep in. And they move from the the center, the straight and narrow, and they start moving over to the edge. The great leaders that last decades and decades and decades without tripping wake up and they literally have this thought in their mind and they say this to themselves on a regular basis. 
just because I never have doesn't mean I never will. And it could be about any particular, you know, uh, character flaw or whatever. Mm-hmm. They realize that they're human and susceptible to making a bad decision or being influenced in a moment of weakness. And so the greatest leaders that I know who have – and I'm not talking about people who are the best-selling offer du jour or the leader whose company blew up, you know, from from startup to $250 million to, you know, going public and yeah. – that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the person who was respected a year ago, five years ago, 20 years ago, and maintained that credibility the whole time. They recognize that if they get tired, if they associate with the wrong kind of people, if they don't take care of their health, if they don't say no to the things that aren't within their wheelhouse, they're setting themselves up for failure. Hmm. So, yeah, we can all talk about the flash in the pan success story. Uh, who doesn't have a long track record of success, mm-hmm. um, they're the super egos who don't have accountability partners who we read in the headlines someday. But I love that statement, and this is why I'm very uh, – I, I, I don't like it when people judge publicly about what's going on because when soon as somebody says, oh, I would never do that, mm. man, that's like the kiss of death. I would rather hear somebody say, you know what, just because I never have, doesn't mean I never will. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm taking these precautions. That's why I'm building the fence and the hedge of protection so far out there that if it gets breached, it's not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. yeah, man, I just, I think, I hope that speaks to folks. It speaks to me because I have seen that and it's a temptation to at some point you think, Hey, I've arrived and, it, and you get arrogant and think I don't need to shield myself from the norm. Like, you know, regular people. And it seems like that's a, a level that we would aspire to as opposed to, well, gosh, again, you know, we're, we're here doing this testifying to Zig. And he was a guy who, as you testified to, and we talked about in a recent show that you said so much of his strength and success was to the fact that he went forward as a broken man and uh, recognizing that brokenness. Right. Um, there's, there's a great question uh, that I use in goal setting, but it works in this context as well. When you set a goal to achieve something, you can ask yourself this question. Is what I'm about to do taking me closer to or further from that goal? Yeah. Right? So let's just say you set a goal to, uh, to lose 10 pounds in the next you know, 45 days. Well, we'll go into the all-you-can-eat pizza buffet, take you closer to or further from that goal, right? I'm thinking no. Okay. Same thing with this bigger picture question, which is we have this – we should have in our mind the ultimate person we want to come, the character qualities that Dad talked about in this, uh-huh. in this, in this recording. That's the person we want to become, right? And so the only way to become that kind of person – is to live it, breathe it, listen to it, uh, read it every single day. And so literally, if we really wanted to uh, cast stones at, our, at ourselves and set other people, we could ask ourselves, hey, is watching this show taking me closer to or further from the person I want to be? Mm-hmm. And boy, you talk about self-conviction there. And if you have to ask the question, like if you're sitting there going, should I be watching this? <laughs> we all know the answer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Man, that's that's counsel. And now you mentioned these qualities, which folks, we're we're, we're just about to want to thank a supporter of this episode of the Ziggler Show, Performa Sleep. They're heralded as the absolute best mattress designed specifically for those with an active lifestyle, engineered by two friends who are mattress industry veterans and athletes themselves. This mattress has been designed to be cool, supportive and rejuvenating to muscles and joints. The Performance Sleep mattress gives you an edge as you wake up every day, whether you're headed to the basketball court or the boardroom, the gym or the jungle, the rink or the runway. You'll perform better after sleeping on the copper-infused top layer that moves heat away from the body. Its antiviral offers the benefits of copper to the body that have been widely written about. The mattress is odorless and low VOC. Traditional memory foam gives you a sinkhole feeling. But Performa Sleep gives superior support through the night with a layer of bounce-back technology. If you're nervous about buying a mattress online, don't be. You can try Performa Sleep for 100 nights risk-free with free returns with no annoying salesperson lingering over you while you test it out. Mattresses start at just 525 bucks. So you can check out reviews by satisfied customers and professional athletes on their website. Performa Sleep. Dot com. And just for our listeners, you can take 125 bucks off plus free shipping. Just head over to performasleep.com. That's P-E-R-F-O-R-M-A-S-L-E-E-P.com. Use the code Ziggler. That's performasleep.com, code Ziggler. So in the clip, Zig asks, have you ever wondered if you have what it takes to be successful? And if you don't have folks self-doubt, check your pulse, you know, or your psyche, one or the other. I mean, if you, if you don't, you're above all the biblical saints and heroes that we have in history. I mean, those are my favorite movies and story heroes. Those were fully human. They did have doubt. They did have some fear, but they were so inspired that they did what needed to be done anyways. And Tom, I mean, that's been a soapbox of mine that we have so much, you know, content and verbiage to overcoming that we have something, you got to overcome that, which I think we inherently, for some reason, take to mean we have to eradicate the fear and the doubt and the uncertainty, which, you know, again, yeah, myself as a believer, can God do that? Can he take something fully away? Sure, he can, but we also have the scriptural references where somebody asked, you know, a character, one of the main ones in the Bible, asked, take this away from me. And he said, no, I gave that to you for my own glory. It's a thorn in your side that you're going to keep. So, you know, I have areas in my life where I don't have... The faith, that's, that sounds bad, faith or expectation to eradicate the weakness in me. It's, it's there, and maybe it has a purpose. I can overcome by doing what needs to be done anyways. So that's a little bit, uh, it's a controversial perspective, and I was wondering your thoughts on that, Tom. <laughs> you know, I, I was talking to somebody, uh, and we were talking about Dad, and I said, uh, you know, and let's look at it this way. Just think of the top 100 best-selling authors from the Christian perspective in the last 30 years. And this person had worked with them, probably 35 or 40 of those authors, uh, on different books that they published. And and I, so I was looking at context. I said, how unique was Dad? You know, because Zig Ziglar, right? And he said, Tom, you have no idea. He said – he is the only person I've ever worked with over years and years and years who I could find no flaw in. Hmm. 
And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, your dad is so well balanced. He, he has all these different qualities and he walks it out every day. And he's so broken that as soon as he feels like he's going in the wrong direction, he's back there asking for forgiveness before anybody knew that he stepped on a toe. Wow. Right. And yet he's got this boldness where when he would get on stage, it was, you know, he didn't hold anything back. He wasn't politically correct. And and he wasn't politically correct, but then he didn't offend anybody either. And so it's very – that's just such a rare package these days. And then I said, well, tell me about these other – I mean, what are the – you know, because all these other people – I mean, Dad sold a lot of books, but I know the names that he's worked with, and they've sold, you know, some of them 20 times the amount of books. And I said, what do you, what do you explain that for? And he said, Tom, here's the reality is – because they have to deal with that burden, that weakness, that thing that, that plagues them, they know it intimately. And they know that without turning it over, they have no chance at, at being you know, what God wants them to be. Yeah. And because they have that in-depth knowledge of it, when they write about it, that impacts and influences everyone else. Because in that, in that, in that whatever that situation is. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean... The, the key there is we do it anyway. That thorn in the side, yeah. we, we, we do it anyway. And some of us, we have huge thorns in our side. That it's like a, a constant battle. And others, it seems like, you know, it rears its head every now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, all I know is this, is that the, the more that we pattern our life out of God's blueprint for, for living, the easier those battles are and the shorter they are for us to fight. Uh, but we're all different. We're all unique. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's it's great to see people delivered from something. But I think the majority of people aren't delivered completely from things. Yeah. Right? And so what's the lesson in that? Well, I tell you what, the people who've overcome those battles seem to be the ones that have had the biggest impact in the world. Yeah. Man, I hear you. I, th- I think it, yeah, it does a disservice when we think to overcome means to eradicate and, and we don't have to struggle with that. The struggles often part of the glory, man. I love what you said about your dad being, you know, broken, but then bold. I think that is, that's a hard dichotomy to put together. It made me think of the term of meek that we have such a wrong view of that, that meek is, is not weak or timid or lacking strength and stance. It's being strong, but in humility, you mentioned these qualities, which we're going to dive into uh, right now, actually, these 15 qualities. Uh, but real quick, I want to thank another supporter of this show, episode 430, as a business owner. Sorry, I'm going to redo that. Let's start Let's start over. Didn't quite get that. Uh, let's start over at the 450 mark, Bert. I want to thank another supporter of this episode of the Ziggler show cabbage as a business owner like myself. Sometimes you must have access to capital to grow. Boy, don't I know that, but getting that capital can be a difficult task. That's where cabbage comes in. Cabbage provides simple, flexible access to a line of credit up to $100,000. You can access your line from a phone or computer You'll get a decision in minutes and can start using your funds immediately. There are no fees to set up your line and you only pay for what you take. Cabbage has helped 
80,000 businesses with over 2 billion in funding. So go to cabbage. That's with a K K a B B a G E.com slash business today and get a $50 gift card. When you qualify again, that's cabbage with a K cabbage.com slash business. So folk in the clips, uh, Zig goes on to ask, who has had a pity party? Something you wanted to happen didn't. Poor little old me. And as I heard that, Tom, I thought, at first I thought, well, I don't relate to that at all. But then I thought, I absolutely do. I just respond differently. I just do it in a different channel, which is called anger. You know, I, I, I curse at the thing that didn't go right. And I don't think poor pitiful me, but I rail on myself with shame that I didn't add up. I should be an act and do more. So, uh, the bigger question I thought is regardless of how do you act when things go wrong? That's a serious question to ponder for ourselves and leads us into dealing with how do we be successful amongst the realities of life, which you talked about at the beginning of the show that you're dealing with some right now. Uh, so let's get into this main issue of what is necessary for success. What does it take to be successful? Zig lists out these qualities. He just did it. I'm going to reiterate them that make someone successful and we ended up with 15. Here they are again. I'm going to read them off. A good, positive mental attitude has great faith. Someone who has desire, enthusiasm, a good listener, a good sense of humor, has integrity, is consistent, has good self-image, has love in their life, honest, sincere, an encourager, is a hard worker, and has compassion. I mean, folks, if you really take those captive as 15 qualities of success, when we think, I think out there just in the, in the culture, what do you think of what, what is success? We think in material, material, tangible ways, you know, status, power, fame, popularity, wealth, or even material possessions, car, vacations, house, spouse, kids. We look at, at people and judge them by that in regards to success. Which then takes us into a talk about another foundational aspect of Ziegler. Is success what we do and have or what we be? Or maybe a better question is which comes first or are they primarily connected? So, Tom, I know you got some statements on this. You can give them to us. Yes. Well, I, I was actually looking up a bunch of quotes this morning on mm -hmm. success as I'm preparing for a speech. And, you know, one of the things that dad said is that success is not what we do compared to what other people do. Success is what we do with the gifts that God's given us. And so the first thing we do is we make a mistake of comparing ourselves to other people. All of us have different gifts and talents. The only thing we can do is be the best version of ourselves we can be. I love the qualities of success exercise. Uh, I probably watched Dad do that in front of a live audience at least 50 times. Wow. And back in the old days. Oh, man, back in the old days, it was the chalkboard, right? So there's dad, think 1970s. Yeah. I'm just a young kid. And he would ask the audience, you know, okay, if you were going to, you know, what would be the perfect qualities to have in a boss, you know, or an employee? And they'd be writing it on the board, you know, honest, enthusiastic, compassionate, loyalty. And every time he would do it, that list would grow and grow and grow. And it always get to around 30, 32. So that list of 15. Hmm. Well, here's the thing. If we, if we do what Benjamin Franklin did, I, I, most people heard of him. It seemed like he had a pretty good career. He kind of impacted the world just a little uh, bit. A little bit. I think from the time he was 20, he worked on 13 virtues every single year. He spent four weeks on a virtue and then moved to the next one. Yeah. 
what if we wrote down our own qualities of success that we wanted to develop in ourselves the most, right? Our own list of 10, our own list of 12 or 13. And then we just focused on that. So every four weeks, we move to the next one. Do we not become the person then who can deliver, who can handle what comes along Mm -hmm. if we develop those things? So I think if you're thinking of long-term balance, sustainable success, it's impossible without integrity and character, right? You can have short-term success without character, but long-term, oh my gosh, it's going to, you're going to crater. And so what comes first? Well, being the right kind of person is always going to come first for the long-term sustainable success that we're talking about. And then they build each other. When you really master one character quality, let's just say, that you tackled the first quality of all that I think for me is the hardest one. You ready? Yeah. Discipline. What if all you did is you said, you know what? I'm going to work every day on being the most disciplined person. And then what would happen if you did that every day for a year? And as part of your discipline, all you did was you had the discipline to work on the things that you need, you needed to have in order to be the best you. Oh, your whole life would change. And so when we focus on these character qualities, that has a ripple effect. And it not only impacts our own life, but everybody around us, our kids, our spouse, our friends, the people we work with, because they now know that, hey, I can count on a rock-solid person. It's not somebody whose qualities I'm always wondering, well, Mm -hmm. are they going to be loyal today or are they going to stab me in the back? Well, are they going to be on time or are they going to be late? You see, all these are qualities that we that we have within us. Dad said this, we're born with every single one of these qualities. They're just developed to different degrees. So, uh, man, it's a chicken and egg in a lot of these cases, yeah. but not long term. Long term, we develop who the person we want to become first. Yeah. And long term, that will take us where we need to go. Well, gosh, you, I, you know, it brought me to one more thing. So I want to, I want to cover one more thing in this show. I mean, so we're saying that if you want the fruits, the payoff, you first start being those qualities. And then of course the stewardship, it brought me into bringing it, thinking about that. The stewardship is up to you, what you do with that. If you go to those things I mentioned before, if you use it just for your own, you know, your, your material possessions, your things that exude, you know, success, because I thought, you know, even even the bad, if we think about folks that we would term as bad, have many to most of those qualities, Tom, which I thought was interesting. They don't just have – they may they may be missing a moral or ethical rudder or long-term vision, um, but they're only missing a few of those qualities. They probably still emulate most of those qualities. If success is achievement of a goal, good or bad, then even the movies and stories that we love of you know good and evil – uh, the good guy and the bad guy showcase most of the same qualities, the success qualities, which is why we often see it made me think of this, Tom. We often see the hero and the protagonist coming from the same roots with shared values and, and success qualities. Maybe think of uh, so for those Lord of the Rings fans, which I am Gandalf and Saruman, you know, they came from the same fold. Now one went the wrong way. Uh, or X-Men. I, I like that one too. Professor Charles Xavier and Magneto. You know, both same qualities of success. Now they ended up with different moral rudders. And even Satan was a high angel of God. And then he went astray. But those qualities, what's the point of that? I mean, success, achievement qualities 
run through any aspect of achievement for all, no matter, you know, no matter what the objective. So what qualities are you pursuing? And that was not a bid to say, Hey, if you want to be the bad guy of the universe, <laughs> but it was just to outline the success qualities run true any, any way, shape or form. So what qualities have you listed out? Like Tom said, as your personal goals. And so Zig made a kind of a final statement in the clip here. He said, who in school had a course that taught these qualities? And that's hard hitting. I mean, these qualities are not taught, not in school. I mean, so unless you were so incredibly blessed to have had a parent or mentor come alongside you, you were not taught these qualities. They were not exemplified to you. So, you know, that's not your fault. But now, right now, you have a chance to change your stars as Talking about movies, one of my favorite characters, William Thatcher, in the movie A Night's Tale. He was taught by his father. But you got a lot of work to do. So, Tom, I mean, I could easily transition that into a promo for a Ziggler event. But, folks, the point is, I mean, you've got to take action. Bold action, as, Tom, you talked about with your dad uh, before. And for your life and circumstances, you know, bold for one person may be a giant leap. And for another person, it may be a relative baby step. And we don't need to judge. You talked about that, Tom, that we so fail when we compare. Don't judge or compare what is or isn't bold in regards to somebody else. What is bold for you? And so on that note, Tom, and talking about even even baby steps that, but that are bold, end us on one of uh, – you've got a favorite action step you've been talking about lately regarding habits. Yes. Okay, so here's my favorite quote, and uh, the setup is real simple. I was speaking in Australia. Mm-hmm. And I opened it up for questions, and a guy in the room said, what is the fastest way to success? And I'd never been asked that question, and so I thought about it for a nanosecond, and this is what popped out of my mouth. The fastest way to success is to replace bad habits with good habits. Mm. And the sponsor of the event wrote it down. He repeated it back later in the day, and when he read it out loud, I'm like, really? I said that? That sounded pretty good. Yeah. So I've been digging in. So I've been back over a month now. I've been digging in on that. And and I'm here to tell you I can't find any holes in it because people do. They want to know the fastest way to success. Now, is there really a fast way to success? Well, there's a faster and a slower way, so we all want the faster way, right? I didn't say easy. I didn't say in a minute, right? Fast mm-hmm. still might take some time. Sure. But that's it. Replace bad habits with good habits. That's the fastest way to success. And so let me just close with the number one fundamental, the number one lesson that I learned from dad. And it goes back to what is the number one habit that we could change? And we've been talking about it the whole show. The number one lesson I learned from dad is input. What you feed your mind determines your appetite. You are what you are and where you are because of what's gone in your mind. And you can change what you are and where you are by changing what goes into your mind. So you're ready for the fastest way to success? Yes. Get rid of the bad input and put in the positive and start small. So let's just say your habit is to watch the news right before you fall asleep at night. Oh, my gosh. Is there anything good on the news? No. Why don't you just subtract that 10, 15, 20, 30-minute time block out of your life and instead read or listen to something that is going to help you become the person you want to become? Start there. Replace that bad habit for a good habit, and all night long, your brain is going to figure out while you sleep in your subconscious 
about how you can become the person God created you to be. Tom, you know what convicted me the most is when I realized that on a given evening, I'm a music lover and listen to music, and uh, often I would wake up in the morning with a song immediately in my head and realize I was listening to that. It was a lot, one of the last things I heard before I went to bed, and it stuck in my head on autopilot, so it was the first thing that came into mind, and it was actually just kind of scary to think about that, to think that what I allow myself to hear right at the end of the day what I give as input is going to be sitting there on autoplay all night long. What on earth is that doing to me if it's not good? Kevin, I just wanted to say one more thing. Uh, we've been getting incredible feedback on the podcast. Uh, for those of you who have left uh, our ratings for us on iTunes, I thank you. I have literally talked to four or five people this week who are coming to some of our events, and they said the podcast has had a big impact in their life. Mm. They listen to it on a regular basis. So I just wanted to say thank you for everybody who's listening. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those of you who are listening, who want to go to the next level, who may have in your heart to go out and share the Ziegler message with other people, just check out our, our Ziegler certification program or our Ziegler legacy certification where we train and certify others. You can find that at ZieglerCertified.com. Uh, and if that's not for you, that is awesome. All I would ask you to do is please give away links to this free podcast to as many people as you can because it changes lives. We're seeing it every day. 